Okay, here we are. We're beginning Nazir. It's always a, um, just like when they begin the Torah, you know, Chassam Torah, it's a big thing to start anew. Every new Masechta is, don't take it for granted that, you know, it's a very special thing to start a new Masechta, especially once we don't do all the time. So, Nazir, the big question is going to be what's it doing here? Uh, meaning that we're in the Seder Nashim, where started the Gemaras that deal with the laws of women. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Nazir could be a man or a woman. And it's not specifically, in fact, some people feel it, its place would be more with the laws of offerings. Because a Nazir, some people became a Nazir just to, uh, just like you want to taste, some people want to, they have like to call a bucket list. They want to, uh, it's a very strange idea. They want to just go to every park or every state so they could tick it off and, wow, that's meaning. But uh, a Jewish bucket list would be to bring every kind of korban, to, be, to have had a chance to experience that connection to Hashem in each way. So there are certain things that only another could bring. He brings a comment of three offerings. So a person would get that opportunity um, uh, as another. Uh, but it's not, a man can be another, a woman can be another. So what's it doing over here in Nashim? So uh, we're going to see that that's something that we're going to uh, deal with. Um, uh, the, uh, we're going to see the, uh, that part of Nashim is that um, uh, marriages get dissolved, that they have troubles in marriages. There's how to make a marriage and how to keep a marriage. And um, we'll, we'll get into Sota. One of the primary causes of... Uh, misjudgment in marriage was when people use alcohol in the wrong way. Uh, and uh, they didn't have Coca-Cola, they didn't have other beverages, they had alcohol. And uh, the people that have trouble with wine, they needed a remedy. Uh, and one of the remedies was to be another, was to go cold turkey and to take a vow. And then this, this way people were able to get off over drinking. And so wine, the, the Masechta of Nazar was the fix or marriages that were ruined by alcohol. And believe it or not, um, alcohol still is a big problem in society. You would think that after all these years and centuries where you know, lives have been destroyed, that we, we would have figured it out. No, it's a challenge in every generation. Um, hopefully people don't know about it, don't see it, it's not in their family, but it's there. It's, it's, um, you know, we, we hide it. You know, it's not in, not, well, some places it's in. But... Um, in my old shul, we used to have people that were alcoholics came to shul at night, and they, they sometimes, uh, it wasn't pleasant. But we needed everybody for a minion. What are you supposed to do? People at the end of the day drink, you know? And so we had to give them a sobriety test before we count them, you know? It's, uh, but um, so Nazar is the antidote to that, and so that's one of the antidotes of the breakups of marriage. Now, there, the problem was that when people, when they're drinking, would use bad judgment, with other men or other women, and so that's the that would be one reason that uh, that we would get into Nazir. We also uh, just finished Nedarim, and it's pretty much a, a, a the way you become a Nazir. It's a form of neder. It's a form of a vow. So therefore, it makes sense that we should do Nazir right after um, Nedarim. Uh, one thing that uh, the um, the certain Masechtas were uh, part of the daily routine, the ones that were commonly used. In other words, if you only learned some Gemaras, in those days, uh, people uh, were so poor, they needed to work. A- after Bar Mitzvah, the kids went to work. And so a lot of them didn't go to Cheder beyond Bar Mitzvah. They never had a chance to learn Nazar. 
Uh, they never, they would learn those Mesechtas that they were practical. So uh, the Mesechta of Nazar is like Nidorim. It wasn't learned as much. And therefore it wasn't, uh, we lost Rashi. We don't have Rashi on, even though there's the, uh, some commentary here. Some people feel that it's per, it started with Rashi. And what happened was that other people added notes to it. Uh, but it's, it's not the real Rashi. It's not the real McCoy over here. So, um, yeah, it should be in the back. So that's, that's one, one thing we're going to discover. The other thing we had in the Durham was that uh, there were a lot of mistakes in the text. Uh, and there were cer- certain parts of the text were unusual. And a lot of that had to do with that it wasn't really part of the daily uh, Gemaras uh, that were learned as commonly, uh, you know, you're, you're a part of a spiritual elite, the Dafyomi. One of the reasons for the Dafyomi was that people didn't necessarily learn everything. And you're just missing that in life because different things speak to different people. And Nazar might be yours, but you didn't know it because you, know, you could go a whole life without learning Nazar and knowing exactly what is that all about. And so one of the reasons, not, besides the fact of learning every day, was to get to every Mesechta at some point. You know, it'll take seven years, but you'll have learned everything, at least, you know, whatever that is. Uh, so um, that's, the, um, that's the, uh, one of the ideas here. Okay, but it is, it is uh, we're going to have that trouble with Rashi. Um, Tosos comes to the rescue a little more, meaning this isn't the standard Tosos either. It's a little bit, because we don't have the same Rashi, Tosos here explains a lot of the Gemaras. When, when Rashi, when we have the full text of Rashi, so then Tosos just dealt with the questions and answers. But if we don't have a commentary, so the Tosos over here explains the Gemara a little more. It's a different kind of uh, Tosos. Okay, let's begin. This should sound a little bit familiar, this formatting. Uh, so um, a person can become a Nazir, and uh, the way you become a Nazir is with a verbal declaration. And it works best if a person says it clear, loud and clear, I want to be a Nazir, or I take on myself to be a Nazir. But what if they didn't use, they use slang? So slang is, is, uh, is uh, today I often have to look up in dictionaries, like they have a whole language out there that um, they, they want, uh, I think they call it urban urban language, or whatever. there's a whole, there's whole languages that are used uh, outside and expressions, and uh, people like to show that they're cool, and they use these expressions, and you have no idea what they mean, I have to Google it all the time, you know, what does that mean, and most of the time it's something that I don't want to say, or I don't, you know, it's, a, it's not such a nice thing, you know, but, but it, there are what's called a kinoi, uh, things that are slang. And so, just like any slang for a nuzzer, the guy with the long hair, uh, whatever the slang for a nuzzer, that's also a way to accept Naziris. So, kol kina Naziris ka Naziris. If a person didn't come out and say, I want to be a nuzzer, but if he used a slang expression, and of course we're going to see some in the Gemara, uh, then they work too. Next, um, we're going to see also sometimes a person doesn't say the whole shebang. He only says a little bit of it. He says... And again, we're going to see those also. And we had those in the dorm. Those are called yad, partials. So the partial expressions also, you can become a nuzzer. So you can become a nuzzer with slang, terms for nuzzer, and you can become a nuzzer with partials. So here are some examples of partials. Omar, aha, aha. Person just says, aha, yeah. Now, uh, in, in Hebrew, aha means I want. 
or for me, me too, aha, I, I, um, we all know like if there's a, um, a drive going on for money and you just raise your hand, it means I agree to give a thousand dollars, you know, all you got to do is raise your hand and then all of a sudden they write you down for big bucks, right? Because that's the expression at the moment that means I'm in, you're in what? You mean you're going to pay money? No, that's exactly, in that context, I'm in means I'm, I'm agreeing to, uh, to be part of it. So, it, aha means I am, I'm in, I'm a Nazar. Hareza Nazar, he's a Nazar. Oh, aha, na, Nazar. Oh, I like the beautiful hair. Nazar really grows, uh, the hair is long. Apparently, they didn't let it grow long and sloppy. They, if you were a Nazar, you had nice hair. <laughs> you know, if you're doing it, you may as well... Uh, so a person says, I want to be the handsome, the handsome guy, the Nazar. And what's really interesting is it was looked at as, as something appealing, like a Nazar was a handsome thing. Like it, a Nazar was, uh, the word Nazar in Hebrew is the same word for crown. Like a person who was a Nazar, it was like, wow. You know, that guy was like, you know, something, there was like a crown of spirit. He was like a holy, very holy person. Um, it, a Nazar in a certain way is like a Kohen Gadol. Uh, he has the, the laws. He has to stay away from the cemetery and the impurity. And, and not, you, you're not, you, a Kohen Gadol, you have to be born in the family of a Kohen. But a Nazar, anybody could do. This was a way for some, a regular person to become holy like a Kohen Gadol. Like so um, he could, hey, uh, no, Nazar. If he wants, he wants to take on the handsome thing of the Nazar. What about the word Niziach? Um, nizik, Niziach, Peziach. So all of these are expressions of Nazar. Hareni Kazeh, the duplicate. So we had this with Karbanos. If you, uh, if you want to say, I want this to be like this. Sometimes you don't know exactly how to vocalize it. Uh, your best friend went to Cater and he took on Nazar and you say, I want to be like him. So Hareni Kazeh, Hareni Misalso. I want to do the, uh, the hair thing. This is what they do with the payas. There's like the spinning thing. Apparently people who have the, the, the people with the hair, they spin it. You know, they, they play with the ponytail or whatever. Hareini Makalkal also means like I want to, uh, uh, Makalkal, I think it means like to uh, the waves or the curves or the, what does the art scroll say, Makalkal? Oh, you're kidding, okay. <laughs> All right, I never feel bad if the art scroll didn't come up with a good word then. Yeah, it's something to do with the hair. It means like I want to do the hair thing. Uh, but you should know the kids that have the payas and they can play with the payas in class, the kids that don't have them are jealous because it looks like, you know, it's cool. They're doing this, you know, the spinny thing, you know, with the, they're twirling their payas, you know, it's like the, I got to sit there. I don't have payas to twirl, you know, I don't have the mustache or whatever to, to do that thing. Okay. But I think that's what the word makalkal and masalsal have to do. Something with the hair. I want to let it grow. I want to let it out. Hare uh, Zen So all of these are Nazar. Hare I want to do the birds. I'm waiting for the birds. Uh, the typical offerings were the birds. Rev Meir says Nazar. They say, no, that, the birds, that's for the birds and the bees. That's not clear enough. Ain't a Nazar. So we have a number of ways that a person can accept Naziris upon him. A number of terms that mean that the person is accepting a Nazar. Let's see the Gemara. So the Karbanas and Nazar are cheap. The birds are not as much as an animal. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, if, I guess it, it depends on the prices. I don't know what, I don't know if the doves were expensive or what, uh, but they were... Certainly less than Yes, yeah, they were less than the goats and the, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I was mentioning before if it takes on an animal like it was, the, but you're right, it is, it is birds, uh, but uh, which were... I wonder if that has, is in proportion to, like, 
what you're committing to. Like to make a vow, that's pretty easy stuff. So they, mm -hmm. the carbonos are super expensive, right? Right. Whereas right. here, this is this is this is pretty serious because this is hard. Yeah. Maybe they give you a little bit of rachmanus on the on the expense. Yeah, the could be. Yeah, right. Carbonos, maybe. Right. Um, we'll have to see why the birds. You know, the when women give birth, they bring birds right. too. But it's uh, I'm not sure what if, if this is connected to that. We'll have to. That, that's a that's a figure. Figure that part out. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Mikdi, let's see. Tana Beseder Nashim Koi. We are in the order called women, women's laws. My time at Tani Nazar. What's Nazar doing in here? It's not, not, nothing special about Nazar has to do with women. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there was ever a survey if more women took on the Nazar or more, went more men. The Sota was mostly viewed by women. In other words, the Sota was a woman that had, um, uh, because of her drinking and... The, and uh, so maybe that got more women to become uh, uh, Naziras. But uh, it, I don't really know. I don't know if the, historically if there were more men who, who did it or women, but there's no, it's nothing specific to a woman. You could have a man or women wear equal rights as far as being a Nazar. So why did Nazar end up in the women's laws? So the more answer is Tani Akrokai. It has to do with the pasta. It says like this, Baha'i lo simsukhein be'enav. Now, the assumption is when a person uh, finds their mate and they agree to live their life and they give their lives to each other, nobody in, the, in their right mind would ever get divorced. We don't, we, don't, we don't believe that's... A person can keep a marriage together. We don't believe in, in separating. So why does the Torah allow for divorce? Uh, if the wife isn't loyal to the husband or vice versa, if there's a nakedness if they, if they are flirting with other men. So that's a disloyalty. That's a cause for breakup of a marriage. And then the Torah, uh, then right after that discussion of a husband not finding uh, improper things with the wife, it brings in the Nazar. What caused a sane person to uh, go against their, their mate and their spouse? The, what clouded their judgment? So the Mura answers, Yayin, it's the wine. The Komar, Kola Roy And if anybody would see how that family got messed up and that, that beautiful marriage got destroyed and what it did to their kids, and they see that this woman blows up what cost her that, so the result will be any person will say, I'm staying away from that poison. Yazir Asma Mina Yayin. Person will take, and the, and the way to do it is to become a Nazar because that's, you have a support group. You have, uh, it's very, you know, you know, someone's not going to offer you, if they see your long hair, they're not going to offer you a drink. They know you're, you're part of the Nuzzer team. You know, no, no wine for me. So, okay, fine. Then where's the question, though? Pesa Bikinuyim, the Mishnah first mentioned the slang words. And then, umaferish yados, but the examples were all partial words. So, why is it doing that? Some people explain, this Mishnah was missing part. Uh, again, as many Mishnayas they only wrote them down uh, because uh, the rabbis were getting assassinated and there was a danger that the oral law would go lost. And so therefore, they originally, even though that's not the ideal way <laughs> to learn it is through writing, they wrote down, but they, they deliberately didn't write it all down because they wanted people to still uh, learn it orally and they wanted them to realize that it's not, all, it, not all of it can be written down. So, we're missing a line or two and this is what it means to say. 
slaying Naziris is also valid to take on the oath. The other Naziris, and also all partial oaths are enough to take on Naziris. And what are some examples of partials? Fine. So if you add those words, then you understand our Mishnah was dealing with both categories of, of types of vows to take on Nazir. Slang vows and partial vows. So then the Gemara says, all right, so which one would we explain first? So we said, first we said that there's slang words that are usable, and then we said there are partial words that are usable. And then we went on to explain partials. We should explain the slangs first. The Mishnah started off with their slang words that can be used. So why don't we explain those slang words first before we get into the partials? So the more answered, that since the second, first we said there's slang and then there's partials. And once we were on the subject of partials, we might as well give the examples of partials. Uh, now, so now the question is really formatting. Uh, often, every mesecta will start off with that discussion just to make you aware that there was a science to the formatting of the Mishnah. Then it's up to you to figure it out. It's, always, it's actually quite complex how, with the science of the Mishnahis. But it's often that in the beginning of the mesecta that the discussion will begin so that people begin to understand that there's got to be a reason why this, this parak and this order. So our question is, we start off mentioning that there's slang, kinui, and we all then mention there's partials, and then we begin with the partials. Why wouldn't we go back to what we started with? Why do we start with the secondary? So the Gemara wants to say, well, maybe that's the style of Mishnah is to explain the secondary. The last thing learned gets explained first. Kiritanan, uh, for example, what fuels are usable for the candles for Friday night? And what fuels should you not use? They had certain fuels that stunk. You know, they lit well, but it smelled terrible. You know, the, sometimes the bakers can't be choosing, you know, whatever oil you can afford. It's, you use a stinky oil, right? So what can you use and what shouldn't you use? And which ones do we explain? We explain what you shouldn't use. So that this Mishnah fits that pattern where you say there's some that could be used. There's some that can't be used, the ones that can't be used. So there's some slang vows and there's partial vows. These are the partial vows. So our Mishnah fits in perfectly with the format of the Mishnah and Shabbos. And they had the chalot making system of t- called Atmana, where you would bury things with hot coals, with various fuels to keep warm. So what are you allowed to bury in Friday night? And what are you not allowed to bury? And which one do we explain? What you don't bury in. What kind of things can you wear outside of an area? What type of jewelry? What kind of clothes? What can they not wear out? What do we explain? The second thing, Bereshit. So uh, we brought three proofs to the format of Nazir, and it fits in perfectly with those proofs. So we're all good. But then the Gemara now says, wait a second, there's other Mesechtas in Shas. Ay, but Tanan, didn't we learn? What can the animal go out? Now, animals wear, uh, they have uh, all kinds of stuff on the animals. They have the uh, saddles, and they have bits, and saddlebags, and jewelry, and uh, uh, all kinds of stuff on the. So what can the animal carry on Shabbat? What can you put on your animal? Can you leave the saddle on, or is that, can you leave the plow attached? Like, what, what? So over there, and what it, guess what it explains? It says the camel goes out, 
So it actually says with the first thing there, not our format. Yesh nochen, there's some people that inherit and some people bequeath. Nochen v'lo mankilin, some people can inherit, but they don't bequeath mankilin, they bequeath and they don't inherit. And guess what it explains? Lo no, and some people don't inherit or bequeath. And which one do we explain? First, they go all the way back to the beginning. Elo So, we thought we had the perfect format, and then we found that other Mishnayas use a different format. So now we're really confused. Now, but by the way, we don't just bring one. One is not a proof of anything. You always have an outlier. <laughs> In fact, sometimes the person does it just because he wants to do it different than everybody else. Um, you know, and there's always one person in the group, right? So, but two or three, so we see there's two formats. So we are really confused right now. How did our Mishnah pick the format? So Gemara answered, Ella, which means we thought at first that there was a certain format that we were required to use, and that's why. So Gemara says, no. La'olam tani hachi v'tani hachi. Really, it's optional. Sometimes it uses one format, and sometimes it uses the other. In other words, we thought that, it, that every normal Mishnah, unless you're the outlier, should start a certain way. So Gemara says, no. Uh, each Mishnah, uh, each editor was allowed to pick the one that fit that Masechta the best. So we, we don't have a preconceived notion of which way it should go. Because Tani Hachi Vitania, two lines from the bottom. We learn both ways. So then the question is, so why did our editor choose to learn the partials first? Over there, those Gemaras in Shabbos, where there was what was forbidden to an individual, so they explained the, the individual things that were forbidden first. Um, the, uh, the, the, the things that deal with you directly are listed first. So um, over there, by the animal, we explain the things that are permissible first. We wanted to go through the main laws of inheritance. So basically, we took the three, I'm deliberately not going into them too much, we don't, we don't have unlimited time, but if you would look at all of those Gemaras, you would understand why they picked to explain first what they did. So, but let, let's come to over here. Ella, but over here, how did our editor, when they when Rebbe put together, let's learn Nazir, and we have slang and we have partials, why did he decide to learn the partials first? Because uh, again, we explained why each of those cases they learned the way they did, but why over here, Lifrish Kinibaresha, shouldn't we have started with slang? So the answer is fascinating answer. Um, the Torah mentions um, slang in a more direct way, but the fact that even a partial vowel uh, works is learned out from a drasha. It means that it took work to uncover it. It wasn't, it wasn't obvious when you first read. If you weren't paying attention, you would say, I don't know where the Torah mentions a partial vowel. I never noticed that, especially in Nazar. You know. So uh, therefore, since that particular teaching was only uncovered. It, it, you had to darshan it. You had to look at it carefully. So that's why we learned it, because it was a favorite. Uh, those things that we work hard for. Rabbi Dessler has a whole piece. He says that you love in life what you put the most work into. And 
what do people love typically the most? Their kids, because they're their most work. You put the most, uh, you, you love what you, you know, you put all your effort into them. It costs, you know, you're, you do so much for them, that's why you love them the most. So the drushes are more chaviv to us, because they took, well, other things are obvious. So therefore, they listed them first. That's, that's what it wants to say. So the uh, since we learned them from Madrasha, the more says, well, wait a second. If they really like him the most, so then why didn't we list them first? So the more answers, uh, we started with the main, um, uh, the main uh, Corbin, Lenya Perushim Forest We wanted to list the um, uh, the w- the ways in which a person obligates himself to bring a korban, um, the um, the w- that that was the thing we wanted to do first. Let's take a look at the uh, person. Uh, it's interesting. They, uh, our Gemaras don't even call him Rashi over here. It's just it's just blank. But at any rate, on the left side, um, it starts with Tanaki Maskil. It's in the middle of the wide lines. When we begin Be'ikr Korban Beresha. Uh, we want to deal first with the, the, the words that mention the Nazir. The, we're on the Sakta's Nazir, so part, when you say partials, you say, me too, or I'm in. <laughs> so, you don't even mention the word Nazir. We're starting Nazir, so we want to learn the, na- the names of a Nazir first. Uh, the Iker Korbin, the, the Korbin Naziris. In other words, uh, our question was, well, Really, the partials are more beloved to us because we had to work to uncover them. But at the end of the day, we wanted to start at least with the names of Nazar. So that's the answer. That's what it means that we began with the slang, uh, the terms that mean Nazar, because after all, we're learning Nazar, and so we wanted to learn them first. Okay. Um, yeah. Back to the Gemara. Um, uh, Ha'omar, and so now we know why we learned partials first. Now we're going to begin explaining it. Ha'omar, aha, person says. Now in Hebrew, the aleph means I. That whenever you have an aleph, that means like ani. And so when you add an aleph to the word, it says me. <laughs> it personalizes it. So aha means I want to be like this. So guess what? You become a nazir. So the Morris says, well, how do we know when you said I want... How do we know what you want? Or if you say it means I'm going to do something, uh, I'm in. So in what? So Maybe you just want to take fast. In those days, that was a, a little commitment. If you wanted to be a little holy or you wanted to fix a little sin, okay, I take on a fast. The person says, aha. So how do we know he's doing the big thing? Nazar was a big commitment. You know, it... Uh, um, uh, it, uh, it was separate in society. The Nazars had to stay away from Tumah. Uh, and uh, that, um, you know, that, uh, it's all, you know, today, Havda, we have like a bicycle lane, you know, on the roads. They had a Tumah lane because they, 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 they had dead creepies and their, their, their lane that was swept, you know, the people who were pure. And you couldn't talk to certain people because when they say it, they spray it. And so somebody that wasn't following the laws of Tumah you know, uh, you couldn't, you had to stay, you know, the, the Nazir were almost like, it was very separate, it was a big thing, it was very difficult to do, and if you messed up, you had to start all over again, and you had to bring an offering for messing up, so it was really a, quite a, uh, an undertaking, 
So um, how did you know the person was really undertaking the big thing? Maybe they just said, oh, you know what, I'll fast. I'll do one of those. Take on a fast. Have you got any Nazareth here? Um, I don't know. <laughs> there was a famous Nazar in the, in the... Well, the, we don't do it because we, we can't end our Nazars. In other words, you, you, a person was uh, um, uh, take on a Nazar, but sometimes it's good for a certain period in life, but you want to be able to finish it. But without being able to bring the birds, you can't finish it. So today we stop being Nazars. I don't, there was a famous Nazar uh, in Rabbi Cook's yeshiva. He had a famous, apparently there was somebody who did some big sins. Uh, I don't, we don't know the rest of the story. And he felt like a fast wouldn't do it for him. He needed to really do, and he had somebody who was like, the, you know, was the real Nazar. The, the, and um, he was a pious person, a holy person. But other than him, I'm not aware of anybody. We have one that comes down from New York. His parents live in Chapel Hill. Oh, really? And he is full fledged. I mean, wow. 100%. It's Forever. For his whole life. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Huh. But it's when you, he stays with us because he, his parents aren't kosher. Mm-hmm. But he is 100% Nazareth. Uh-huh. Doesn't he, doesn't eat grape jelly? Doesn't oh say so. Oh my goodness! Everything. <laughs> I see. Okay. I, you got to be. I think they also even the way they brush their hair because they can't pull out their hair. They use a comb and not a certain. It, we're going to see. Okay. It's it's a uh, it's a. Oh, got some sugar. Uh huh. Yeah. I imagine so. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh huh. Just, just connecting uh, this masechta with the West for a minute. If a person just made that comment, aha, uh-huh, and would he not have? easier way possibly of, of going to uh, based in and appealing his Naziris because they would say to him if you would have known that all of this was involved would you have taken it on he would have said no I just saw this person walking down the street that looked so great and I just said aha mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that all of these things were involved with that would he have an easy way of getting out of the Naziris uh, yes it was a lot of the people that were uh, petitioning the courts to remove vows were Nazirs the famous story with Shimon ben Shetach, that uh, they um, in the land of Israel, the in the years where people were poor, there were a few hundred Nazirim who couldn't afford. Uh, birds became scarce and inflation. They had bird flu, and they couldn't afford to finish their Naziris. And this was a tragedy. You know, they 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 didn't weren't interested in doing it. And they wanted to stop, but they couldn't afford it. So he went to the king who the particular king wasn't so necessarily observant or... And he said, well, we have a societal problem. We've got 600 Nazirim. I have to remember the story. Maybe we'll get to it. It was his brother-in-law, but okay. Yeah, family members have... who, who, um, uh, who, uh, who are stuck. And it's, it's Nebuch on them. They, you know, they can't uh, participate in their family life and they, uh, they can't afford these birds anymore. So, you know what? If you'll take care of half, I'll take care of half. Now, it was a significant cost to import those birds. So the king said, okay, we'll see how you're going to pay for that half. So the king paid for birds for 300. And I have to remember if I got the story right. And Roshim and Shetach, he convened a special basedin and removed the oaths from the other 300. And they didn't, uh, so, but when the king saw that he didn't end up paying out of pocket, he felt like he was cheated. And he wasn't happy with his brother-in-law. But again, that was part of... But yes, you're absolutely correct, Richard, that there is a... I don't remember if that's the Gomorrah upcoming or it's a, in the Medrash. But um, 
but there, it, there, part of removing of vows, they were kept very busy with people that took on the Zerus. Um, maybe we'll get your friend to see if we can convene a basin to remove his... Uh, uh, he's not interested. Oh, he's not interested, he's okay. Not uh, but, uh, okay. So, um, but... Uh, well, you can tell the gentleman at the table that when we learned in the West Masechna, there were people who were not interested in being relieved from their Nidarim rabbis did various things to them, like throwing dirt on them and <laughs> killing them. Set them up. That's right. Set them up so that they, so we can remove it. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So um, uh, we said, uh, the question though is that we're learning partials. Now we said all a person got to do is say, aha, which means like, I'm in or me too. And, uh, but how do you know he means to be a Nazar? Maybe he's just taking on a fast. So Omer Shmuel, he said you had to be there. He go and shout Nazar over Lefanov. No, there was a Nazar there who walked in front of him with beautiful long hair, and everybody was admiring him and saying, Oh, he's so cool, that's amazing, he's so holy, I wish and so then this guy said, I'm in. So it was clear from the context what he meant. Uh, but if the guy was just a hippie with long hair, it wouldn't do it, right? No, no, no. It was a Nazar in front of him. I have So they asked that question, though, if, if it was from a distance, and he thought it was a Nazar, and it really turned out it wasn't. Yeah, we're going to have that case later. But this case, he was a Nazar. So uh, the question is, does it need to be obvious? So Shmuel said it's only uh, if it's really 100% clear that there was a Nazar in front of him, and he said, I'm in, which that's what's called a Yad Melchiach. It's clear from the context. Does he mean if it wouldn't be clear, it wouldn't be a commitment? So he should make himself clear because it's debatable whether it needs to be 100% clear. So Amir Rizman should know that we'll find out. Meaning that, uh, Rabbi Stein, meaning that it didn't need to have a Nazar passed in front of him. Right, that's correct. So, and it's debatable. Does it have to be 100% clear or can it be 90% clear? If the guy is, is specifically when the Nuzzer stepped and he's stopping right in front of him and he looks him in the face and says, me too, aha. So then it's 100% clear. Does Shmuel mean that anything less than that wouldn't work? So the Gemara says, no. Bismansha Nuzzer over the fun of when the Nuzzer walks right in front of him. We have no doubts that he doesn't mean something else. But clearly, a Nuzzer over the fun of if the Nazar didn't step in front of him, we say it's possible. Maybe he wanted to just take on a fast. Or maybe maybe what he meant was, I'll pay for his offerings. You know, if you want to, you don't have to be a Nazar. Some people, uh, they, uh, they pay for other people to do stuff. You know, there are a lot of people, the old Beth Jacob was like that. They wanted an Orthodox shul for those people that want to use it. <laughs> but they didn't mean they were going to go to Minyan. They wanted there to be a Minyan for those people that, that that's a level two. But you see a Nazar, you know what? Maybe you meant it's on me because you know, I want to pay for it. The Potomac of us to come. So now Gamora is asking, so how do we know he actually meant to, to take it on himself? The answer is the Comer Belibo. He told us this is what I meant. Gamora <laughs> said, then it's obvious. It's not enough to say that's what you meant. You have to verbalize it. Kamash Malan, that if he says, I'm in, and he explains, I meant to accept Naziris, then, then we, we say that that vow is binding. 
Now, this would be important if he changed his mind, and he's asking, can I change my mind? And they say, well, let's see exactly what did you say. And you say, well, I didn't really say it, but then I told people that's what I meant. So the case was that he, he told people that I, I meant to be a Nazir, and, and uh, that's why it would be binding. Okay. Aha, Noah, but Nazir. That we said something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that brings us back to what we spoke about um, a couple of weeks ago, so Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, where uh, we said that uh, he can uh, be made for the nether in his heart. We had the whole discussion. Yes, yes, yes. But that's correct. But here, he said something, and he tells us in his heart what he said. That would be the one difference. It's not totally. It's not that he only, he took on the vow verbally, but the words that he verbally said weren't clear, and he fills us in what was going on in his heart. It's a little bit of a combination. Uh, there we had a total, if, um, it, it sounds like from here, really, if he only says in his heart, I want to be a Nazar, that wouldn't be binding. Uh, we have, for example, by other things, that they do work totally in your heart. Um, let's look quickly in the, in the Rashi, seven lines up. I would have thought that it's not enough to just have it in your heart and have only said, I'm in. You don't need uh, both. He doesn't have to verbalize at all. As long as the Nazar was there, if there isn't a Nazar walking in front of him, even though he's in his heart, if he doesn't actually verbalize something, that it wouldn't be. So this is an unusual combination of factors over here. But part of it is what's going on in his mind. Without the example, he needs to articulate it more clearly. Yes. Right, no one has any doubts. That's, that's, not, right. that's not what I want. Right. <laughs> that's right. So then we had one, a next case where he said something about being handsome, beautiful. I want to be beauty. I'm, I want to be beautiful. Uh, I, I want something Noah. So what exactly does he mean? So we say, well, Nazar was considered handsome, was considered uh, nice looking. So maybe that's what he means. The Morris says, how do you know that's what he means? V'delma is no lefad of a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to make mitzvahs beautiful, meaning to have a nice palace bag, to have a beautiful kiddush cup, to have a nice challah cover, to uh, use beautiful things with mitzvahs. Uh, have a nice chuppah, a nice wedding invitation. Like anytime you beautify a mitzvah, that that's that's it's not the mitzvah itself. It's called noy mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to do things to do mitzvahs in a beautiful way. Uh, what? Hitter mitzvah. Yeah. So I saw um, maybe what he meant. We know it was something to do with being pious. So, but how do we know that he says I want to be beautiful? He mentions Noah. How do we know he wants to? beautify himself and, and be a handsome nuzzer or a female with beautiful long hair or whatever, maybe what they mean is, I wonder if they get a long shaitl, what a female nuzzer would have to cover that shaitl, you know, how they would uh, need a pretty long tickle for that. But uh, maybe what they mean is that they want to beautify the mitzvahs. And how do you know that there is a concept in Judaism to make mitzvahs? You just got to do the mitzvah. Who said you got to make it nice? Um, Kiddetanya, like we learned. Zeb, you know, I, the, 
the uh, you know when when our a generation when we had a menorah they were like very simple. Today's kids they have these big silver, you know like if you look at what our grandparents had they had like very simple, you know little you know the kids today they want you know what they sell in the in the Judaica stores is much it's a different like level of they took it up to like a different I think it's a good thing but I'm not sure but most of the time the adults pay for what the kids you know they want. Uh, but I, I would, I think, pretty much all of my children have nicer menorahs than I have, you know. But it's my fault because I like the one that I have. I got used to it, and it, it, it speaks to me. I don't need a big, beautiful. Uh, uh, but um, uh, there is this concept of noi mitzvahs, doing mitzvahs in a beautiful way. So, for example, eser lefun of sukkah. No. It's interesting to make a nice sukkah. There are people that have big, beautiful houses. And their sukkah is they buy the cheap tent variety. You know, they live like, well, come on, you can do better than that. You know, like the, in New York, they have beautiful sukkah. In the Hasidim, sometimes they try to have the most beautiful sukkah. And people go and they open it to people, Cholamoy, to go, you can, you know, have the elephant, like here during like the, the season, people want to see the, they used to want to go see in the shopping malls, like what they did to, you know, to show up. In, New, in, in Brooklyn, you can go look at the most beautiful sukkahs. There are people that have a black long sukkah with decorations and paintings and unbelievable. Like the, I, I remember years ago, I haven't lived there in years, but I'm sure it's still there. The concept of having like a nice, really, um, there were one or two in Atlanta that went out of their way to have like a fancy, uh, you know, sukkah. So when you make a nice sukkah, yeah. Just the idea behind that is you're supposed to make your sukkah into your, into your house. And the way that Tasha came to Duru. So if you have a nice dining room with pictures on the wall, et cetera, then it's really appropriate to make a beautiful sukkah because that's the way you normally dwell. It doesn't have to be some hut that's going to fall apart with a little wind. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to make sure your walls are pretty sturdy and not flimsy and blowing mm. wind, etc. So there is, a, there is an idea there of uh, having uh, you know, the sukkah equal the way that you live. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's a good point, Richard. Yep. Uh, tzitzis, no. I have nice tzitzis. It means like a nice talus, really, or the... Um, but even sitzes today, you can get nicer ones. They make more, you know, ones that don't frazzle. Uh, there, there are people that are very wealthy, and their scissors, their sitzes, they're all frazzled. You know, you could buy yourself a, you buy new shirts. You wouldn't wear a shirt like that. So wear, get a new pair of sitzes. It's not so expensive. But again, the idea is that mitzvahs should be nice. Act of the fun of Sefer Torah, nice Sefer Torah. They have nicer scripts in Sefer Torah. You could pay. It, it's like, you know, you ask a, a sofa for a Torah, they say, how much you want to pay, you know, or what, what, what kind of... Uh, what's your budget? What's your budget? Right, that's the exact question. Uh, I'm going to have a nice cover. You know, you get really nice covers, nice silver crowns. So how do we know when he says, I want a beauty, what kind of beauty he means? So Shmuel says, he's holding his hair. If you hold your hair and you say, I want beauty, that means you're referring to the hair. Uh, the Omar and Noah Nazira Milson uh, Davera, uh, and uh, he wants to uh, uh, he wants to uh, find the, the um, wants to be a Nazir to avoid sin. Omerle, uh, we'll we'll finish this thought uh, tomorrow, and when I make my to be or not to be jokes, so we'll stop here. So, yeah. <laughs>